It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The rumors of the Reds' demise have been greatly exaggerated. They have righted the ship and are still in the thick of a pennant race. We'll tell you how they did it on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. I encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter. Or if you're watching here on YouTube, thank you so much. Make sure you drop that into our comment section. Leave us a thought. Leave us a question. Or let us know that you're an everydayer because talking Reds is what we do. And we want to talk Reds with you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And coming up on today's show, we are going to be looking at the fact that this Cincinnati Reds team is back ahead of schedule. And there are some interesting stats uh, from some different players and the performances that we are seeing that just jump off the page at us. And of course, the Diamondbacks are in town and the guy that everybody's pegging to win the NL rookie of the year, Corbin Carroll, the Reds get their shot at him. We're going to get to all of that here on today's episode, but we want to start first with the good news. The Reds are back ahead of schedule because rumors of their demise were greatly exaggerated. Steve. It's an exciting time. Again, yeah, you know, everybody was ready to kind of do that thing that we do in Cincinnati, which is, you see, I told you, we knew it. It was too good to be true. Couldn't believe it. It was all smoke and mirrors. You know, that thing we do. Same old Reds. Same old Reds. Well, they're not the same old Reds, and there's lots of stuff coming up in the next couple segments that will uh, clearly illustrate that. But look, um, we've known what their weaknesses have been. Their weaknesses have been starting pitching. We've known that uh, slumps were going to come. There's a bunch of young players. And unfortunately, the starting pitching combined with a slump coming out of the all-star break led to a not great run of baseball there where they lost five in a row to open the second half. But look, they've righted the ship. They pulled a split out of their hat. And you look no further than what Andrew Abbott did on the mound yesterday to figure out why that's true. Because uh, the Reds are still in this. And being able to count on him is a big part of that. Look, Jeff, they're only 2.5 games back in the division. Uh, that's after losing five games in a row to start the second half. I'm going to say that again. Uh, six games, you're right. At any rate, there are only 2.5 games back. Uh, one game yes. back in the wild card. So you look at what this team's doing right, right now. Uh, I want to start with Andrew Abbott, and I know you've got a lot of guys that you want to get to, but I was just so excited to see him go out there and throw eight innings of one-hit baseball. He struck yeah. out six guys, only walked two, no earned runs. And, you know, this is kind of... For me, it feels a lot like the discovery of Graham Ashcraft all over again. You know, we spent that whole offseason last year talking about Green and Lodolo, Green and Lodolo, Green and Lodolo. And then here comes Graham Ashcraft, and he's kind of like, I'd like a word. 
And then we spent this whole last offseason talking about, well, you know, Green and Lodolo, but Ashcraft's going to challenge. It's the big three. We've got these right. three guys. And then Andrew Abbott shows up and is like, um, I'd like a word. Uh, I can't wait to see all four of these guys in a rotation together at the same time. It's absolutely amazing. And even just right now, I mean, I know we're waiting on the return of Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, but I think that Abbott shows, and I think that we have known this for a little bit, that he is a guy we can trust every fifth day, but he just adds on to the fact that Graham Ashcraft is back in that circle of trust. So now two out of every five starts, we can trust that they're going to be good starts. And I think that you know, if it's a case where one of them has kind of a bad start, that is more surprising than when they have good starts. We will expect good starts moving forward from Andrew Abbott and from Graham Ashcraft. His outing was phenomenal on Thursday. That It was absolutely beautiful work. There were a number of innings where he was super pitch efficient. And I know he only had six strikeouts in eight innings, but I don't look at strikeouts as the only measure of how good a guy was. He allowed three total base runners and two of them were on base on balls. It was not something where the giants had any idea what was coming. He had, I think I looked at Statcast and it said he had 15 whiffs on the day. Absolutely beautiful performance that gives me confidence two out of every five days in our starters. Plus, you can then add in the fact that Brandon Williamson and Ben Lively have shown the propensity to pitch well in some cases. I don't necessarily know that I put them in the circle of trust right now and say that I trust them every fifth day, but they have a chance to be good. So that is four out of every five starts that you at least have no worse than a chance to have a good start. I, I think that the rotation is beginning to come around and at a beautiful time. I mean, we are a couple of weeks away. I would say uh, probably about three weeks from seeing Hunter green return to this rotation. We're probably about four to five weeks from seeing Nick Lodolo back. I think that, and, and maybe it's six weeks, but even still, you're talking about a rotation that is at least hitting its groove at a very strong time. And and that's going to prove to be, you know, monumental in the effect that it's going to have on this pennant race, because I, I mean, let's look at it. Let, let's, let's try to, let's try to take a step back and look at this thing uh, a little bit objectively. This res rotation has been bad. I can say it. Yes. You can say it. We can all say it. It's been bad. And they're only 2.5 games back in this division. They're only one game out of the wild card. What can this team do with the rotation that you just talked about? Uh, you know, mm. that rotation over the course of a season runs away with this division this year. So, you know, I think that uh, on top of excitement about what the rotation is going to have here very shortly, the fact that the hitting is starting to come together again. And and that's not to say there won't be more slumps along the way, but being able to score runs the way that they have scored runs combined with a pitching that is going to get better and better and better heading into a potential postseason, uh, The iron is going to be hot. They're going to be ready to strike at exactly the right moment when we're beginning to talk about potential postseason matchups. And I know that there's still a lot of people around town, Jeff, and a lot of people that have followed this team for a long time that scoff when you say things like that and that, yeah. you know, roll their eyes at you when you even bring up 
the word playoffs. I, I feel like Jim Mora is looking at me every time I say the word playoff playoffs, but yeah, yeah. I, I, this, this team, this team continues to give new reasons every day, uh, why you should be excited about them. And, and, and today, yesterday was no different with, with Abbott hitting this eight inning mark. And I really think Jeff in another time, maybe with another season under his belt, David Bell lets him finish that game. You know, I think you you commented on that a little bit before we started recording. Um, It's it's within the realm of his ability. Uh, One of the things I would love to see for us to get to in baseball, Jeff, and I've talked about this before, that the whole innings pitch thing really just irritates me because people people will point at that and say, ah, he's only throwing five and six innings. What's wrong with these pitchers only throwing five or six innings? And you hit on it. You made a great point just a minute ago talking about pitch efficiency. And I think Mm -hmm. we should focus on that more than we ever look at innings pitch because starting pitchers are still throwing 100 pitches just like they've always thrown a hundred pitchers in the last decade. The difference is everybody's going three, two batters are fouling off more and more and more pitches. And it's that efficiency that has changed. Not the, not the number of pitches that a starting pitcher throws. So to watch these young pitchers figure out things like that, become more efficient, uh, be able to dominate a start through eight in this day and age, that's just so much to be excited about. Yeah, I, I was so happy with Andrew Abbott's start because of that, because of the pitch efficiency and kind of how he worked around that. And and just briefly, because it's very evident, I've talked about this the last couple of days, but the lineup's back. The lineup is here. This is the lineup that we knew we had. Listen, and we'll talk a little bit about this later on when we look at the Diamondbacks. The Reds are fourth in the National League in runs per game. Fourth. We remember early on in the season when they weren't scoring very many runs and we were a little bit worried about them. But ever since they've brought up all the talent and now especially adding Christian Encarnacion Strand and adding the ability to make sure that the lineup kind of gets some rest here and there. We've seen it the last couple of days. Two days ago, Jonathan India set out. Yesterday, Matt McClain set out. It's because you have Christian Encarnacion Strand that you can put in the middle of your lineup and keep guys fresh during this stretch run so happy to see that but i mean you had a beautiful game from luke maley two catchers now get rid of the third catcher already will you Uh, absolutely beautiful game from him you had an amazing game from jake fraley jonathan india and will benson all getting two hits will benson with two doubles including his first double that was like a, oh, I thought that was a foul ball. Let me go run to second real quick and still get a double. Like, what kind of athleticism is that? That's amazing. But uh, just all the great things that this Reds lineup continues to do, it's back, and they're good, and we're ready, and we're going to keep being ahead of schedule now and fighting for a playoff spot. And, and, you know, the aforementioned CES had RBI in yesterday's game, and because I wasn't here to get to, to bring this point up, when he hit his first home run, I tweeted this out, Jeff, because I was at work uh, in the ER and just following the game log and that game log, it was beautiful. And we're going to see it so many more times over years to come. Uh, CES homers, Ellie De La Cruz scores, Matt McClain scores. And I think that's just, we keep talking about the future is now they are here. They are them. It's all happening. And that, 
that little clip. I, I clipped it and posted it on Twitter because that is really the, the fruition of what we've been talking about and the plan that Nick Crawl presented and all of the things that we were hoping would come together. It was right there in a little blurb on the game log, and it was so exciting. Yeah, shout out to Sean Rickman who commented, I think it was about a month or a, a week ago, uh, sorry, about like, you know, this team and the roster situation. We're going to look at how long the Reds have all these stars coming up next week because it's a long time and it's just beginning this year. And that's why everyone's so excited because it's very evident that the talent on this roster is the reason that the Reds are in the position that they're in. Well, listen, Jeff, there are a number of interesting stats that you can point to that equal the successes that this team is experiencing right now. And coming up, we are going to take a look at them next. But before I get to that, I want to talk about the sponsor of today's podcast. We are brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your vehicle to the My Garage section and look for the green check mark to know that the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Remember that if you can't be down at the ballpark for the Reds Diamondbacks, you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every day is on the next podcast. We're going to talk about that thing that Jeff teased for just a minute. We're going to look at just how long the Reds have control of all of these young phenoms that make up this roster. We're going to get into that next week. All right, Jeff, there's a lot of uh, statistics that you can look at as far as how this team is performing and and little inside baseball for the viewers and listeners. It took us nearly two hours to put the script <laughs> together for the show today because we both see I'm bad by myself going through baseball reference rabbit holes where I just start digging and digging and digging on stats. Jeff is bad by himself doing that same thing. When you put us together and we start throwing stats at each other, um, we're like we're like completely just lost. It's might just, turn just, well, it, it might turn itself into a podcast like in December, like an off season live podcast that everybody can join into because yeah, we got we got down some rabbit holes on this one, but we're going to focus mainly on this season for sure. Well, let's <laughs> dig into some of that. And we're gonna talk about my vote, not yours, because hashtag Jeff hates Matt McClain. We're going to talk about my pick for Reds first half MVP, Matt McClain, and some of the things he's doing, because I don't think people realize just how quickly he has established himself as a potential team MVP offensively here in 2023. Yeah, because it's very interesting to look at this. Here's the question. Where does Matt McClain rank 
on the team as far as wins above replacement leaders are concerned. And we're looking at baseball references calculation for war for this, but where does he rank on the team? See, I know this one because of our rabbit hole discussions earlier. Matt McClain currently sits third on the 2023 Cincinnati Reds for wins above replacement. He has 2.2 war. Now, that makes him third on the team, but that makes him first among position players in just 56 games. He's at 2.2. The only guys ahead of him, uh, he's tied actually with Andrew Abbott at 2.2. And I don't think that includes Andrew Abbott's start from yesterday. I think baseball reference has not updated yet with the Thursday statistics. And then, of course, your guy, Alexis Diaz, the team leader in saves, 2.6 in war. Yeah, and the interesting thing about that 2.2 wins above replacement in 56 games so far this season, that would have been the highest war by any position player all of last year for the Reds. And he's done this in 56 games. Like well, it, it really puts in perspective how bad that team was last oh, year. Goodness. When we're talking about things not going right this year, just go take a look back at the 2022 team because, yes, that 2.2 would have made him the leader in war for the entire team. And amongst position players, do you know who led the 2022 team in war? Is it a guy who was traded away at the deadline? It was. Brandon Drury led the position players in war for the entire season, and he was traded away before the deadline. That's that's crazy in and of itself. It just speaks to the talent that Matt McLean has brought to this team, how well he has played ever since being called up. His game is so well-rounded, and I think that, you know, I, I tweeted this out. I was just like, man, I cannot believe that Matt McLean has more wins above replacement than Spencer Steer does, and they've done it in almost a 40-game difference. Now it's like 37 games or something like that. I think uh, uh, Spencer Steer's played 93 games, and uh, Matt McLean's played 46, but... Uh, the the immediate response to that was well it's because of his defensive value his his wins above replacement on defense are much higher than Spencer Steers is so that that's very awesome to see his game all around with the bat on the bases and with the glove is just phenomenal and he is going to be a key piece for this Reds team for years to come yeah and I mentioned your guy. Alexis Diaz, and I, I'm sure you know the answer to this. So I'm just going to pose the question to you. How many home runs has your guy, Alexis Diaz, the team leader in saves, how many home runs has he given up this year? He's one. He's given up one home run. That's right. I, I think not, we 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 yeah. can't we can't overstate I think how valuable not only has Alexis Diaz been just in the situations that he's been used I, I mean that's clear when he comes out there and does the things that he does but I think we can't underestimate the impact that that has on everybody else in this bullpen too I really think that in just his second year he really is the the heart and soul of this Reds bullpen that is time and time again really over delivered from what we expected from them over delivered as far as appearances and innings and success. Uh, and there's really a big reason why we're still talking about this team being in the thick of a pennant race, given all the challenges that the starting pitching has faced. And I think that attitude, that mentality, that success has all trickled down from Alexis Diaz. And I think that 
it, it, you, you kind of hit on something there. It's the bullpen as a whole. And there's been some interesting numbers on the bullpen, but a non-Alexis Diaz Reds bullpen number that I wanted to point out here in our segment here, we're talking about the reasons that this Reds team is so different, the, the different numbers that really stand out to us as to why. And one is Lucas Sims. I think here recently, you know, Lucas Sims has come in and kept the scoreboard clean, but he's kept the scoreboard clean in an interesting way with base runners being allowed and things like that. And there's some people that are wondering, you know, what is our confidence level with Lucas Sims? Super high, super high confidence level because listen to this stat. Lucas Sims has inherited 30 runners this year. That means he's coming to the baseball game and total Throughout the season, he has faced 30 runners already on base whenever he comes out of the bullpen. He has allowed five to score. Five out of 30. That is 17% for my, not my math. I didn't do the math. I looked at baseball reference and it said 17%, so I didn't have to do the math. But five out of 30 is a fantastic number, especially when you consider that the team as a whole is allowing 28% of their inherited runners to score, which is still pretty good. But, I mean, 17%. That is why he is your next dude up out of the pen if it's not Alexis Diaz. Yeah, and, and you and I talked about this a lot in the offseason, and we talked about this with Lucas when he was on the show during spring training, that for the Reds to have a successful bullpen, they needed a successful Lucas Sims and we were really hoping that he could be this guy and could come off of the injuries and be this type of pitcher and I, I'm just so excited to see the success he's having not just for the fact that it's helping the Reds win games I mean yeah I'm excited for that but this is this is for a, a guy that really had to overcome some things and work hard to get back to this spot and you gotta you gotta root for players like that that, that put in the work and the effort to come back from injury and to come back and be in their in their form. And he's really sliding into a groove right now. You're right. My confidence level in him coming out of the bullpen continues to just go up and up and up and up and up. And that's not to say that he won't have a bad outing here and there. They all do. They're human, but you know, Alexis Diaz, my confidence level, a plus high Lucas Sims, my confidence level right now. in Lucas Sims is a plus high. Yeah, I agree. And, and he has shown, the mental fortitude, if you will, the uh, bulldog mentality. I know we throw that word around a lot, especially when it's concerned to guys like Andrew Abbott and things like that. But just I, I have loved watching him pitch this year because he has such confidence. And then uh, looking at something else, let, let's switch gears here. We talked about, you know, the bullpen here for just a moment. Let's look at Ellie De La Cruz because right now, my man's being maligned for what's going on at the plate. He's in a little bit of a slump and people are worried that, you know, is, is he, is he a flash in the pan? Is this what he is? I think he's just, he's just adjusting the league adjusts to him. They're not throwing him fastballs. If they throw him fastballs, they're up and in. So he can't get around on them and he's making a lot of weak contact on those. So he's got to, he's got to kind of adjust a little bit, but he is still affecting the game in a big way. We saw that amazing throw on the relay to grab uh, to to nab Flores at home and stop the run early on and help Andrew Abbott out there. 99.8 miles an hour on the gun, by the way, on the relay throw. 
but he continues to do things on the base paths. He has 17 steals. He leads the team, by the way, with 17 steals, and he's only played 36 games. Like, let's put that into perspective for a minute, because think about this. 17 steals is the most. You have to go back to 2018 when Billy Hamilton stole 34 bases for any red who has stolen more than 17 bases. And when you expand that out, it gets even crazier. He's on pace to steal 70, if taking over 162, 76 steals is what that extrapolates out to in 162 games. That is, that is some, that, that is elite type speed. And I think you're right. The adjustments will come. He'll start to get on base more. He'll start to hit the ball harder. He'll start to hit for power. All those things are coming. Uh, the league has adjusted a little bit, and, and he will adjust to them. Uh, I have no doubt about it. Let's let's squeeze a couple more in here real quick. Uh, a couple rapid-fire ones, yeah. You, you talked about pitch efficiency and the strikeouts aren't the be-all, end-all. Do you know who leads the 2023 Cincinnati Reds in strikeouts? I did look this up. And it's a guy who's currently on the injured list. That's correct. It's Hunter Green, who has not pitched <laughs> since June 17th. He still leads the team in strikeouts with 100. Uh, that's an amazing, that's amazing. statistic. It, it really is. So uh, while the Reds aren't overpowering anybody, they're still winning games and getting it done. And I think that clearly illustrates the point you were trying to make earlier, which is that you don't have to strike everybody out. You just need to uh, keep the hitters off balance, let your defense work for you, and you need to score runs. And the Reds are doing all those things. And following along with, eh, would have liked to see Andrew Abbott get a complete game. We get it, but we would have liked to see it the last time I read through a complete game. I think we all kind of actually want to forget this because it was Hunter Green, his no-hitter, against Pittsburgh that the Reds lost. That's right. let's, let's not get out of this segment on that note. Let's throw one more because I want to talk about my one, guy, one. Joseph Daniel Votto. Uh, this year, Jeff, he has 16 hits since returning from the injured list. Here's the interesting statistic. Of the 16 hits, 11 of them are extra base hits. As a matter of fact... <laughs> Joey Votto needs just 41 more extra base hits to become the Cincinnati Reds all-time franchise leader in extra base hits, passing Pete Rose. Why hit singles when you can hit dingers? That's a t-shirt for Joseph Daniel Votto. That's that's definitely I – mean, there's so much to this Reds team and so many reasons why it's been phenomenal. It's fun to kind of look at some of the statistical things that jump off the page at us as to why. All right, coming up next, what can we expect from Corbin Carroll's visit to the Queen City as the Arizona Diamondbacks come to town for three games? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. 
And by the way, you can follow the podcast after the episodes are done. In between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. There's no Fs in that. Make sure as well that you join our community on Discord. We have a Locked On Reds uh, Discord server chat that we have a link down in the description. A lot of great folks talking Reds baseball all day long on the Locked On Reds Discord server. Make sure you join us there. All right, Steve, three games. And I just stopped myself from saying three big games because let's face it, at this point in the season and from this point on, pretty much every single game that the Reds are going to play is big. It's nice to be in this position. It's nice that the Reds are here. But yes, the Diamondback series is a is a big series, and there is going to be a lot of runs scored in this series. Isn't it fun to be in a position where we're almost to August and the Reds every day are playing meaningful baseball? It's it's just mm-hmm. it's just so much fun. I, I just I've really missed this and I, I'm just so excited. But you're right. There's going to be a lot of offense in this series. Uh, the Reds are, are going to steal bases. They're going to score a lot of runs. They're going to uh, make the magic happen. But here's the thing. The Diamondbacks are pretty evenly matched when you start looking at some offensive uh, categories. Let's let's look at stolen bases. The Reds are first in the National League with 114 steals this season. The Diamondbacks have 99. That's the second place number. So they're both they're both young and running. That's basically what you're getting out of this team. Uh, the Diamondbacks average a smidge more scoring than the Reds. The, the Diamondbacks are just under five runs a game at 4.99. And, and here's the best part of this statistic, Jeff. The Reds trail them just a little bit. The Reds average 4.87 runs a game. Now, okay. remember, remember that that's a season average. So that includes the abysmal offensive performances from early in the season. Those are factored in here. I would love to see what the numbers look like if we just took the stretch, say, from when the Reds really heated up. Uh, I would imagine yeah. that the Reds are about outscoring most all of the other teams in the National League. I, I would have to believe they're at the top of Major League Baseball in that stat quarter area. But that's right. That's why I'm thinking. And then you piggyback the fact that the D-backs really are kind of the same thing. Like the Reds and the Diamondbacks, let's, uh, this is the Spider-Man meme right now. Like they're pointing at each other and they look like the same team right now. They score a lot of runs. They allow a lot of runs. The D-backs are 10th in the National League. 10th in the National League in ERA at 4.41. They are also 10th in the National League in homers allowed. They've allowed 111 homers so far this year. They've allowed 816 hits, which, if you're keeping notes at home and following along with patterns, that's 10th in the National League. And then, by the way, they're also 10th in the National League in strikeouts. They don't really strike out a lot of people. So, overall, this looks like a series that, if you're looking from the Reds' lineup perspective, you're like, boy, the Reds could really score on this team. But... If you're a Diamondbacks fan and you're looking at Reds pitching, you're like, boy, the Diamondbacks could really score on this. We might have final scores of 11 to 10 every night, and I think we're all just going to need pacemakers by the end of it. (laughs) You're going to definitely have to go get a checkup. Look, it's fun. It's fun when the Reds play the Diamondbacks. It's pretty evenly matched in the history of this this matchup. I mean, the – Lifetime series here, you know, the Diamondbacks aren't that old. The Reds lead that series 81 to 79. So they've been pretty evenly matched all along the way. Now, here's the the little bit of this is 
the Reds have won more in Arizona and the Diamondbacks have won more at Great American Ballpark. So hopefully That's we weird. can right that ship a little bit and, and get it back together. The Diamondbacks are 45 and 38 all time out at GABP. So, Jeff, I need you to head down to the ballpark and put a little voodoo magic um, on the field there for me. Is that a referendum on like people from Ohio wanting to go to warmer weather that the Reds have a better record in Arizona than they do at at home? I don't know. That's it's probably something like that. But listen, this series is going to be our first chance to see Corbin Carroll up close. Let's lay out for you why he is running away with the NL rookie of the year right now. He has four wins. His war is at four right now. Like, there's still a lot of game left to be played in the season. He's already at four. He has a OPS plus of 143 with a slash line of a 283 average, 359 on base, 532 slugging, and he's played 91 games, Steve. This dude has absolutely done some work. Yeah, 91 games. He has 93 total hits in those 91 games. Of those 93 hits, 42 are for extra bases. And even if you hold him to a single, he's running. He he runs just like these Reds. He has 28 steals in 91 games, Jeff. That's going to be something interesting to watch because I don't know that there's been a lot of teams that have tried to test the Reds. I think that there's a lot of teams that are so worried about stopping the Reds' base running prowess and, and trying to throw them out, which, you know, kudos to Patrick Bailey. He threw out Ellie De La Cruz a couple times in this series. Like, that was some good defensive catching there. We're going to have to see exactly what the Diamondbacks have in store here because can they stop the Reds' running game? Because I feel like so many other teams have focused on that so much that we haven't seen their running game. And the Diamondbacks are going to try to run with the Reds in this series. There's going to be, I I feel like this series, because of how evenly matched they are, it's going to come down to who runs the bases the best. You could probably look at these three games and however the series goes, whoever has the most toot blondes at the end of it, that team loses the series. Yeah, that's probably uh, that's probably right on point. I know this for sure, though, Jeff. Uh, however it plays out, there's going to be plenty of offense. It's going to be exciting baseball, and it's going to be a great time to be down at the ballpark. Uh, and if you can't be down at the ballpark, uh, I'll give you this reminder one more time before we get out of here. Make sure you catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. That will wrap up this edition of Locked on Reds. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Every day is coming up on the next episode. We are going to look at these young phenoms that the Reds have and just how many years of control they have over them and maybe even looking ahead to, you know, who they might have to trade or when they might have to trade them. That's all coming up on the next episode of Lockdown Red. So thanks so much for joining us here today. Steve, in between now and the next episode, what can people expect from you and me? Well, they can expect that you and I are going to start firing up uh, the trade watch scenario because we are getting closer and closer to when deals are going to need to be done. Uh, We're going to keep looking for all of the rumors and all of that information. We're going to be monitoring the waivers, the transactions, what's going on down at AAA, and we're going to bring all that information back right here to keep everyone locked on Reds every single day. We're going to have like one of those like sci-fi, like suit them up things for the trade watch scenario. That's, I feel like we should do that. That sounds you better get, you better get to producing. Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.